This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, welcome to episode 18 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. So if you want to find out more about this episode, all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash 18. That's iag.me forward slash 18. But before we get on with the rest of the show, I just want to introduce our first sponsor. And this is very exciting because, of course, I've got the co-founders of Ecamm Live with us on this show. So Ecamm Live is a proud sponsor of the Confident Live Marketing Show. They're my top recommended tool for Mac users for live streaming. And that's because it's a standalone app. It makes use of the full power of your Mac computer and helps level up your impact, authority, and confidence using live video. And I think one of the reasons why I love Ecamm Live is because it is so easy to use, yet powerful. You've got all these really powerful features, particularly things like being able to save the video for later in a high-quality format, being able to bring in multiple guests onto the show, highlighting comments from all the different platforms out there, integrates with Facebook Live, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, and Restream.io. And of course, if you want to get really fancy, you can do, there's loads of things like virtual webcams, NDI, and green screens as well. So if you want to find out more about Ecamm Live, just go to iag.me forward slash Ecamm Live. That's iag.me forward slash E-C-A-M-M-L-I-V-E. So on today's show, I've got Glenn and Ken Aspersley here. So Glenn and Ken are twin brothers and are co-founders of Ecamm, which is a company offering Mac products such as Skype call recorder, eyeglasses, phone view, and most recently, Ecamm Live. So it's great to have you on the show, guys. How are you doing? We are so good. Great. Yeah. Good to be here. Well, it seems recently, but it's been a while. Well, I know. I kind of put that down, but then I started thinking back when I first started to use Ecamm Live. And it feels like, I don't know, at least two years. But two years in the, in the realms of technology is like yeah. a millennia, isn't it? It has been a couple of years, yeah. Um, two, definitely at least, two years. at least two years. It's been a, a journey for us because we've changed things along the way, but the original Ecamm Live 1.0 has to have been a couple of years ago. We should check. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the history of Ecamm, though, that's not a very long time for a product, so it still seems very new to us. When did you found Ecamm, the actual company? Technically, sometime around 1999, so 20 years ago. And um, this is going off the... Uh, the registration date of the website name, right? The Ecamm. Yeah, like just recently I was poking around and I looked at our 
domain record, and I noticed that it was that we bought ecamm.com in June of 1999. Wow. Um, so we had a little anniversary to celebrate in June of 20 years of having the uh, that at least the domain. I don't know what was on it in 1999, but. I, well, we can, I we actually could go back to the Wayback Machine and take a look, and it's really embarrassing. <laughs> I was about to say, so the Wayback Engine, if if uh, any viewers don't know what the Wayback Engine is, if you go to... Don't I think do it's, it. Don't it's, do it. It's, well, yeah, don't look at Ecamm, but go to your website. So, uh, yeah, if you go to archive.org, and I think at the top you'll see the Wayback Engine, and you can see some, some really interesting websites back in the day. Yeah, I, I remember correctly... We were not selling Mac software at that time. It's hard to believe this, but we were selling Palm Pilot software. Oh, wow. Um, That's interesting. Because that was um, very cutting edge. The idea of buying software online was very new. Yeah. And we discovered that it was possible. We jumped right in there with, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. People will actually buy software online. We had a little disclaimer on there. No, you will not receive a disc in the mail. Yeah, you won't get a box. No CD will come to your house. This is purely a download. And it was ahead of its time because they had a, um, it was a third party. It wasn't the Palm, Palm company, but there was a website, Palm Gear, well, it started up Pilot Gear, uh, and then they were sued by the Pilot Pen Company, I guess. So it was Palm Gear. You had the gallery just like the app store nowadays, and you could um, try a demo, you could buy it right on the store, you could download it. So they were like, they were, that was 1999, and then the app store didn't come out till 2009. So they were actually 10 years ahead of their time as far as online app purchase. And that was our business originally. Yeah. I didn't know that about you guys. So that's really interesting. We struck into the Mac stuff, I think, around 2003. We made some small Mac tools. And then as Palm Pilot kind of went the way of the Palm Pilot, um, we migrated fully over to Mac software, which I think was a good wave to be riding because over the next 15 years, Macs just became more and more and more popular. We used to do what we called the Starbucks laptop count. We'd go into a, a Starbucks wherever we were. Everyone's on their computers. We would take a little tally of Mac versus PC count around the coffee shop. And I remember thinking like, oh, three Macs, 10 Windows PCs. Of course, the Mac people would be working. The PC people would just be sitting there waiting for their PC to turn on. <laughs> and Or uh, looking for a plug out. Or, yeah, uh, or, or trying to set up their mouse. But... Over time, at least in the U.S., you really don't see a lot of Windows laptops anymore. Everybody wants to be on their thin little MacBook. And, well, sometimes um, you see one of those ones that look like a MacBook from 10 feet away, but then you get up close and it's just like a, uh, a yeah. knockoff. It's um, kind of like an imposter, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Samsung, yeah, they're really good knockoffs. They, they are. That's kind of interesting because uh, I still love PCs, but I was, I was a PC user for many years, and I was probably one of those Windows users at the time, and I kind of resisted the temptation to go over to Mac for years and years and years. And then finally, in I think late 2016, I I bought my first MacBook Pro. And I'm really glad that I did, certainly when with the whole live video thing. We could talk about this later, actually, whether Macs, you know, the, the whole Mac versus PC, what's better for, for live video. But certainly... I find Macs so much easier to use from a, from a live video point of view. But just to make clear on this show, we're very happy with Macs, very happy with PCs. We don't talk about one over the other. But obviously, Ecamm Live is a Mac-only product. And we will be talking about some PC live video tools in other shows as well. We would love to learn more about them because we're very sort of sheltered. We don't really know a lot about the Windows world. So I'd love to check out those. Let me know when those podcasts are posted up. Yeah, definitely. I will do. And I, th- and I think really when you're developing 
developing, we're not going to get too geeky in, uh, about developing software, uh. but, you know, I think when you're developing software, I think if you try and develop for PC and Mac, I think you inevitably get a watered down product. So you guys are focusing purely on Mac. And so you can focus on all the, the power of the Mac. And that's one of the reasons why I love Ecom Live. People ask if we were never going to make a, a Windows version of the product, and we just have to try to explain that we're a Mac software company. You know, we know Apple inside and out. We've been doing it forever. And that's part of the beauty of the product is that it's tightly integrated into the Mac. And creating a Windows version would basically require starting from scratch. There's no button you can press to say, make a, make a Windows version of this app. I don't think there would even be a single line of code that the two apps would share. Yeah, it would yeah. Be, it'd be different. Well, the RTMP library. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it is frustrating for PC users, but at the end of the day, there are plenty of PC equivalents, which we will be talking about. But I want to, I just want to bring bring in some comments. First of all, Tish is here. She says, I want the music, lol. And we've got, also got your team. Ecom is here, so great music. And they also say, I don't know, is this Katie? Uh, who's doing this? Well, I don't, yeah, it, this is Katie it, in the back. <laughs> so uh, thanks for having Glenn and Ken on. It's just, it's great. And Tish also says, I just love your podcast. Uh, so if you are watching live and you don't know about the podcast, then all you need to do is just go to iag.me forward slash podcast. But I'm so happy that you love the podcast. We've also got Camo Camo. Uh, great name. So your guests have good audio. Did you call them through Skype? What's the secret of their quality uh, quality sound? So yeah, we use we use Skype. I mean, at the moment, Ecom Live uses Skype to bring in guests. What's your secret to the good audio? Uh, not really any secret to, to speak of. We have a, a Yeti, just a, a USB Yeti mic connect. It's, it's the company is called Blue, and the product is the Blue Yeti. And I'm surprised that it that we're getting compliments on the sound just because it's uh, we're in an office with a road right here, and t typically there's a lot of background noise coming in. I think Skype does a lot of audio processing to remove background noise. That is true. Yeah, I think that they I think that they will take out like a hum from the background. Mm, mm. Well, so. I, and I think there is a setting in Ecamm Live for better audio as well, but that's probably more for me as the host than the guest. Yeah, the audio is going through yeah coming from our mic through Skype into Ecamm. And then getting encoded and sent out to the to the stream. So there's a lot of steps in the process oh, okay. there. That's interesting. Yeah, and uh, my I've, what I've got here, I've got a. If you can see this, I've got a Heil PR40. Uh, now I didn't start off with this. So just just to to make clear, if you're thinking of going live, you don't have to start with with all the the top quality gear. You can start off just with a laptop, just with a Mac uh, or or a PC. But if you're going to be using Ecom Live, then just a Mac. The Blue Yeti mic is great. I mean, I've still use that today, but I, I did go a little bit fancy and got the Heil. But with the Heil, you do need extra gear. You can't just plug it in. Uh, so it's not USB. It's not USB. So I've actually plugged it into... I've actually plugged it into a DBX286, which is an audio pre-processor, and then plugged it into my computer. Yeah, you, you sound great. I'm going to be getting Mike Russell on. He's probably going to be on the next podcast, actually, and he's the audio guy. He's a good friend of mine, and he actually helped me set all of this up. So we're going to be talking about how to get the best quality audio, how you can sound great on live videos next time. Anyway, keep keep the questions coming. Uh, do, if you've got any other questions for Glenn and Ken about Ecamm Live or anything else to do with live video, please ask away. So we've talked about the history of how you set up Ecamm. We've mentioned that Ecamm Live as a product is around two years old. What made you create it in the first place? That's a really good question. And um, uh, I was thinking about this because like, we got, you had let us know you, you, about that question was um, one of your 
questions. And so I said, wait a minute, like, why did we have the idea for Ecamm Live? And, and um, so part of the reason is, you know, we over the decades, we've had a lot of products. We've had some really successful ones and they, they come and they go. And I realized at one point, the reason that the one that the products that were successful were successful is because they were tied really closely to other technologies that had waves of success. For example, PhoneView was a very popular app that kind of rode the wave of the iPhone call recorder, obviously riding alongside Skype's popularity. And podcasting. And podcasting. Um, so when we were looking for a new product, we started to think, what's the new thing? What seems to be an up and coming technology? And I was driving down the highway and I looked up and I saw a billboard one of those roadside signs for Facebook Live. Hmm. And I thought, whoa, Facebook is really, really pushing. So this was probably three years ago. Facebook is really pushing this live thing. But the fact where they're actually buying billboard advertisements for it, that's a, that's a sign that this is kind of like the next big thing or the next thing. And um, I started poking around at how uh, easy it would be to create a streaming tool over Christmas break one year and um, created a proof of concept and then we decided just to go with it because we felt like this was going to be something where we could create a tool that was affordable yet powerful, which has kind of always been our trademark, that could compete with the more expensive, super complicated tools and could also compete with open source options that are out there. And after looking at what was available on both ends from the free open source end up to the $1,000 super complicated end, we really identified a place in the middle where we thought that we could come in really nicely to allow people to go live easily, really affordably. And then when we brought it to um, social media marketing world a year later, the response was just huge. Yeah. And that really encouraged us to, to focus on that and keep going with it. That's cool. And I remember you coming to social media marketing world and... and I don't know whether this is right, but this was my perception that you were kind of overwhelmed by the response. It looked like you weren't expecting this. And this this is at a time really when there were so many, there were other software out there. Uh, I mean, I remember just over three years ago, I wrote a blog about how to broadcast to Facebook Live using OBS Studio. And at the time, that was that was one of the main apps to broadcast to it. But you had to jump through so many hoops. In fact, I had to develop this little button that you could click in order to get a stream key in order to put that into OBS Studio. In order, It was just a nightmare. Uh, it was great for me because I had a course at the time, which uh, I, my first course that I, and I sold quite a lot of it. But for most people, it was a nightmare. At the other end, it was Wirecast, which was around five dollars $600, which was, I mean, it's a great piece of software, but it's complicated, it's more expensive. And so when Ecamm Live came out, it was so much more easy, it was much more affordable. And yes, there were some other web solutions like BeLive, I think, was probably starting around there. But that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's through, the, through the web and it has advantages, but... Ecamm Live was one of the, the easiest to use downloadable apps that you can run directly on your computer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was around the same time mm. when you saw some of those web-based tools um, come out. And it was interesting, the evolution of the product, it started out, it started out pretty basic. 1.0 had, you know, it had, it had multi-camera switching, it had being rolling in pre-recorded videos, it had screen sharing. Uh, That's it. And and, it, and only Facebook Live was supported, and that was it. Hmm. And we really, it's really evolved over the over the two years to a, a point where it's approaching the level of functionality 
of some of those more high-end apps. We've been able to kind of make it do more and more. And the hope is that it's still simple. You know, our, our fear is like, you know, the, the more we add, the more complicated it gets. So many people are watching tutorials and, and, and reading manuals and not knowing how to do things. So when we look at how, we, how to add new features, we're kind of trying to balance that and say, how can we add something? How can we add more power without adding complexity? So there's always kind of that, that balance we're trying to, to keep there. I've been really impressed with the fact that you listen a lot to your customers and you implement a lot of those, but you don't implement all of those things because, of course, if you implement all the ideas of all your customers, it would just end up being a complete mess and just being too complicated. And, uh, you know, so I, I've been really, really impressed with that. We've got some, got some comments. I just want to bring some of those in. So Brian says... So I think, this, I think this is specifically about the comments that I'm highlighting on the screen. So he's asking, how do you color the comments or make them more visible? So this is this is a feature that's built into Ecom Live. One reason why I particularly like Ecom Live is the ability to highlight comments on the screen. Because as you as the audience feel much more engaged in the live video if you can see your comment and you can see your, your photo on there. And I know people who have even screenshotted live videos and say, hey, look, I was mentioned on the show. Uh, this is really, really cool. So yeah, this is this is built in. You can change the fonts and you can change the background color and things like that. I, I don't know whether this yeah, is I mean, this is something that you've thought a lot about. It is a, it is a little hidden. I mean, you have to, once you promote a comment, you, know, you double click on it and then you have the full text editing that you get with uh, you know any text overlay. Yeah, so Brian, if you wanted to change, if Ian wanted to change that now, you would just have to, to on the screen where he sees sees the comment, just double click it, and you'll see a. You'll see, there you go. You'll see <laughs> put a it full, back. Put uh, it back. Editor. I don't know about that font. Yeah, that no, was just messing and around. Can, and you can also um, you can put a different you can give the um, the person's name a different style than the rest of the comment. I did so not know that. Make, yeah, that's kind of another hidden thing. It's like if you wanted to have his name be bold or something like that or slightly smaller or slightly larger, ah, that will stick. That's good. Can you give it a different color? Uh, I think so, yeah. You can give it, you can give it, a, the, the name will take a different style. Okay. I'm not going to do that now because uh, everything can go wrong. So we've, yeah, please keep the comments coming. I, so the, yeah, I think I know the answer to this question, but has the uptake of Ecom Live surprised you? And what's been the f most, the most fun thing that's happened to you guys since you launched it? What do you think, Ken? I think that, what surprised us the most was that when we first came out with it, we had put a really low price on it. And the number one feedback we got at Social Media Marketing World 2017 was, this is too cheap. <laughs> now, people were furious. And so this sounds crazy, but people were furious about the price. And more than one person was trying to talk us into raising the price. And the reason was they, they weren't comfortable relying on such a cheap tool. They felt like this can't be real. If I start building my podcast around this or start building my, my business around this, what was it, $20 tool? Or, or, yeah, it feels maybe 30 or 40 uh, I don't feel like it, it's like a real thing. Like, is it going to disappear tomorrow? What's the deal with that? So that was a really surprising feedback to get. The last thing we expected to hear was that people wanted us to actually raise the price. But, you know, yeah. That was that's not something you encounter often, is it? But I, yeah, I, I can see why because because this is this is such an important piece of software. If you're doing a regular show, you want to make sure that it's going to work. That the the yeah. company that's producing it is going to be around in the next year. And I suppose the yeah. concern was, well, if you're producing this at thirty dollars a pop, then maybe you're not going to be around next year because 
we've we've heard horror stories about that. We've heard certainly heard things like this blab is is software that just died a death and lots of other software yeah. that I've, I could mention. Well, we, we've deter- we've figured out over the years a, a pretty good business model where your product doesn't have to be really expensive. If it's a good product, people will buy it. And um, we're a really small company, so we're not like Netflix where we need a hundred million subscribers to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's another thing is we in March we converted Ecamm Live over to be a, subs- a subscription product. So that's been a new experience for us. And it's really let us sort of gauge how we can keep this product going at the same time as let people kind of pay as they, it, it's like, it actually um, isn't really interesting the way the subscription model will do like a monthly versus annual thing. Because, you know, if you're not sure, you know, you don't want to drop a lot of money on something, you go monthly and it's actually like a really portable monthly subscription or if you want to commit to the annual, you know, you can get the whole year, you, can, you, save a, you save a certain percentage over the monthly cost. So it really gives that people that flexibility to um, support the product either way they want. And, and people, that, was, yeah. that was really well received, um, I think. It's, the, the idea being, you know, you're going to you try out live streaming. It might not be something you're going to do forever. But if you're um, someone who's going to live stream every week or every month, then the subscription model works out pretty well. We've got a a lot of people using this to stream church services. So they're weekly users. And so we look at our statistics, we see way more streams happening on Sundays oh, than any other oh, day of the week. Yeah. Because you've got your regular, apparently Saturday, nobody live streams on Saturdays. It's very low. I did I did once and hardly anyone watched. So never again. Totally fine. <laughs> it's all about the audience of when they're going to go live. Yeah, that's interesting. That's certainly interesting about churches using Ecom Live and to to stream their services. I think that's a really good use case of live streaming. And I think it's also really interesting that you you move to the subscription model. I, I know a lot of people complained when Adobe did this to, for their Creative Cloud. So all their software you had to pay pay monthly. But I think right. for for you guys, what what I think made sense is that it's it's obviously software that is really really well designed. It's software that we are going to continue to use. And for me at least, I wanted to make sure I was investing in in the products so that there were new features being added. Because I've seen so often that new products come out and they're, they're great at the start, but there's just no development over time. So I, this ensures that, that you are going to develop this. You, you are going to be adding new features because let's face it, live video is developing. There are new things all the time, which I'm sure is a bit of a nightmare to you guys. So the next question, and in fact, before I ask the next question, I just wanted, we've got some comments. Kamo Kamo says, thank you for the answer, guys. And also, again, just some positive comments about the Skype guest sound. So that's really good. And he also says he's impressed with Ecamm. So thanks for the love. Thanks, uh, man. And Brian also says, very interesting. So yeah, we, we try and make this podcast interesting. So the next question, in your opinion, what are the best features of Ecamm Live? What, what are your, so this is not necessarily like a sales pitch. This is not a sales pitch for you to say, well, of course, Ecamm Live, the best bit is this. This is what's your personal favorite bits about Ecamm Live. Um, what are you most proud of? How do, how do I choose? I know, it's, it's tough. So my favorite little bit is a little bit of code I wrote for the green screen. It's kind of hidden in there, but... First of all, we created our own green screen code for the app because we wanted to make sure that 
the green screen looked good because there's nothing worse than a lousy green screen. But I also didn't want to have a situation where there was 20 different little sliders and settings and configurations that you had to make to get it to work. So in my original proof of concept of the green screen, of course, I had 20 sliders and a little place to pick your color of, of, the, of your green screen. And, and what I ended up doing in the end was saying, you know what? Let's just assume they have a green screen. <laughs> and let's just make it yeah, work. Like the one, the one guy with the blue it, screen was like, what? But if we can't just make this work, like, no, it, it's going to be frustrating for people. So we ended up with the green screen in the end has just one adjustment slider, one single configuration. And you definitely need to, <laughs> to, to adjust it because we, you know, until the, the fringe goes away. But I was also able to implement something called despilling, which makes it so that you don't get that green fringe around your face. And I learned a lot about how chroma keying works more than I ever wanted to know and why it's hard and how to solve the problems and um, was able to create our own code for doing that. And then in the process, um, we had one user who was saying that, you know, my green screen it doesn't fill my entire camera shot. And can you, can you give us the ability to crop out an area around it? And I thought, well, we could do that, but then I would need to make a user interface where it was like a rectangle and you had to move the rectangle and, and slide the sides and create a crop. I said, well, wait a minute. Why can't I have the computer do this automatically? And I actually um, was able to create a really neat system. There's a button that says mask edges. It's not always clear what, it, what it's for, but if you have your green screen set up and there's an area on one of the edges that has something interfering with the shot, like a... Um, the side of your green screen or the edge of a microphone or something coming into the to the top of the screen and you click this mask edges button it actually uses a little bit of artificial intelligence to identify things that are in the shot oh, yeah. he's the got edges. a little he's got a little edge up he's got a little edge on there he's going to click that mask edges button and see if it works oops that's a bit too much but i'm gonna that's a bit probably a bit too much Let's just get it in. I think I had it perfect before. So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you won't be able to see this. But basically, the green screen isn't covering the entire screen. So there's a little bit on the right. But if I click on mask edges, is this going to work? I don't know. Oh, it would help if I press green screen first. Let me do that. So you can see there's a little little sliver there. And then if I click that, click again. Whoop, there we go. And so it automatically fills in that edge piece, which I think is just so magical. Nice. Because it almost always works. Um, yeah. I used an image processing uh, algorithm to detect obstacles on the sides and fill them in. Um, and it's all happening on the GPU, so it's not using any, any CPU power to do that. Nice. Which is great because, a... just to mention that, because what we don't want is the processor of our Macs is already getting hammered with so much when it comes to live video and all the other stuff. We don't want extra more power being used from the CPU. Presumably that's why you want to uh, take as much away from that and use the, the graphics processor instead. Yeah, pretty much everything in the rendering pipeline happens on the graphics processor. Uh, Ecamm Live is sitting there by itself really only uses 15% of the CPU, and then all of the rest of the work's being done on the graphics card, huh. including the encode to uh, H.264. A lot of people don't realize no CPU would ever be fast enough to encode HD, H.264 uh, video. Well, it's I mean, not yeah, possible. I think you can, you can do it. It's just going to, you're just, your fan's just going to be like. Oh, yeah. And, and you, I mean, in, in other words, on a normal computer. 
Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you can do it in buffer. That was the problem, I think, when I was using OBS Studio, that basically it, it almost felt like my PC was lifting off with the fan. It was just like, it just couldn't cope with it because it was, yeah, it was and, using and, the CPU. In, in OBS, you can pick, you know, hardware encoding, or yeah. you can pick, you can use, the tel you want to use the X264 library. And I think that's the default is to use software. And it will, it, that's what's really, you know, mm. it's just really cranking, like, it's essentially like if you remember, like if you're say you're in QuickTime Player and you want to export to a new format, and mm. it's like the progress bar is going across and it's yeah. exporting. It, it's essentially doing that during the stream, but it's just in real time. You know, now, now there's pros and cons. I mean, a software encode might actually end up looking a little bit better if you're a super video perfectionist. Hardware's, hardware encode is probably cutting some corners and can't do work to try to smooth the stream out and stuff but man when you look at how much cpu it uses people say well, why won't this work on my really really old mac the reason is those macs literally don't have the chip inside that's necessary to do the encode it's just not there it's missing the silicon that's cool just aware of time and just also say these guys know their stuff we're trying not to get too geeky although if it was up to me i, think, I, I think would go ready at that I, I would i would go straight into the geeky stuff which is great uh, tish says uh, these guys uh, you can just tell are very humble and genuine and this will go so far in their success totally great oh. tish uh, lovely comment Thank from you, you. And uh, definitely agree. And also got a comment from Kamo Kamo who says the best feature is the green screen feature. Now I I've only started using this relatively recently because one thing I want to say is you know if you're just starting off, don't go green screen because green screen can look so bad. Getting the lighting can be really really difficult. But I will say, and I've tried the green screen feature in most of the software out there in like OBS and Wirecast and stuff, and it just is so easy and simple with with Ecamm, which is one of the things I, I love. And Victoria Rose says more than I ever wanted to know. I think that's a result of all the talk about CPUs and GPUs. Yeah, anyway, just before some more questions, I wanted to introduce our second sponsor of the show, which is my friends at Content 10X. So Content 10X are experts in content repurposing, and they provide a full end-to-end -end repurposing service. So this is really cool. You go live on Facebook or wherever you want to go live, and once you finish that live video, you then just tell Content 10X, they will then take that and explode it across the internet in a plethora of different pieces of content. So they could, for example, turn it into a podcast for you, social media images into a blog post. This allows you to focus on building your business. It saves you time, which is great. I also highly recommend checking out their blog. Just go to content10x.com. And they've also got a podcast which has reached its 100th episode. So they're far in advance of me. We're only on episode 18 here. So definitely check out Content 10X. And thank you so much, guys, for sponsoring this podcast. You're, You're listening, listening to the, to the Confident, Confident Live Marketing, Marketing Podcast, Podcast with, with Ian Anderson, Anderson Gray. So I've got a few more questions for you just before we finish. So we've talked a lot about the positives and the story, but I also want to ask you about your frustrations. What have been your frustrations and what are the missing features in Ecamm currently? What would you like to add over time? What are those missing bits? Well, this, I, I, I want to avoid getting technical again, but <laughs> I think our biggest frustration over the past two years has actually been some old Macs. I guess they're getting, I think they might be getting hot or something like that. And like the graphics processor will slow down. And this took us like, we must have spent 
months of, of work trying to track down an issue with an old Mac that we had here, only to find out, like thinking it was something to do with our software, only to find out that the graphics processor was literally slowing itself down <laughs> to keep from melting. Yeah, basically. And when we, and it just, that was just so frustrating. And, and of course, another frustrating thing that comes directly to mind is we integrate directly with Facebook. And if you've been following the news over the past two years. So do you guys remember the, the, <laughs> the big scandal in April? I think it was when last April, April before last, when Facebook suddenly decided, oh, my God, the hackers are infiltrating Facebook and using it for nefarious purposes. They literally pulled the plug on a huge number of their APIs, which are the, the connections that, that companies can use to connect their app to Facebook's apps. And they were very knee-jerk about it, and they just said, ah, we're shutting it all off. And, and developers were like, you can do that? You can't just do that. We need that, like our app needs that to work. And um, what affected us was the ability to live stream into Facebook groups, which is one of the main uses of our product. And for a, a series of weeks and months, it was just very broken. And that was extremely frustrating to try to sell a product when the, the service you're relying on the other end keeps changing things and breaking you. It's very rare for a company to, to, to break an API purposely. API is supposed to mean like a contract between two pieces of software. And if, even if you make new stuff, the old stuff is still supposed to work. And if you do take stuff away, there's like, it's very formal. It's like, we're giving you four months, you know, this breaking change is coming in, in December. We're giving you a big or, warning. But they just did it like overnight with no warning. It was so weird. Yeah, this. I mean, this is something that's happened all over the industry. I mean, there was recently there was Managed Flitter and another software that connected with the Twitter API, and they had that basically overnight the access was revoked, and they they struggled to communicate with Twitter. They just weren't even communicating, oh, wow. and their their business really struggled. I, I've seen this over and over again, but it seems like you've got back on track with that you you've you've been able to connect with back with the the api and, and everything's good but that was a real frustration for you obviously yeah and, th and things came back but it also kind of changed our outlook to say mm. you know like let's not put all our eggs in the facebook basket yeah you know make sure that we work awesome with youtube and, and twitch and all those other streaming platforms so definitely and and you do integrate with all of those things now in terms of like what I would describe as the missing features or what, what features are you wanting to develop? I mean, this might be top secret. You may need to kill me and the audience before you tell us or after you've told us. Uh, but if you've got some ideas on what, what's next for Ecamm Live? Well, we've always tried to be really transparent about, you know, what, we're, what we want to add, what, we, what we're working on. And, and just I want to say, Ian, you said you've been a customer for, for, a, lot, for a long time. And one of the things I love about Ian is, you know, you are very familiar with, with all of the ways to go live, all of the software that's out there, whether it's Mac or PC, you understand it and you, you know what it can do. So the feature requests from Ian are always really on point and really thought provoking and, and really get us going and say, how can we do that? How can we do that better? And um, I know one of the things that, that you're looking for all the time is that the, a little bit more ability to kind of like you know, have more flexibility, kind of jostle that people around the screen. Like right now, you're interviewing us both, and we were talking before the show. Like 
there's no way to get through like a one third, two third split screen or even to like, um, you know, say it was just me, but I was stubborn and I didn't want to, you know, move to the center of the shot, you know, more flexibility for you on your end to say like, well, let's move Glenn over here. Let's move me over here and put a frame over it, you know, that kind of thing. So that's something that we're, we're working, that we're, <laughs> that we're working on. Sorry, yeah, just for podcast listeners, I was just moving them around on the screen. But yeah, yeah. so I, I mean, that's been one of the, thank you so much for, for your your compliments. And, and to, but I've been really happy that you've been listening to, to me and many of your customers and, and listening to ideas on how to improve the software. And of course, you're never going to be able to implement all of those things. But I've, I've just been so impressed with the way Ecom Live has developed over the years, which is great. Just some, some more comments. Victoria Rose says, have I had Ken and Glenn make Mixed up, and that is partly my fault because I put the names round the wrong way. Or could it could be actually that uh, Wait, Ken go, and Glenn go back to the go back to the other other shot? Is are they switched? I did switch them back, so there we got it right. But here we haven't. So oh, yeah, this doesn't matter if you're you're watching you're listening to the podcast. But uh, so that that's uh, that was one thing. And Brian says I've been struggling to put together lower third levels. Is there a better way to add them, or will there be some default lower thirds? So uh, I think Katie's actually put some links to some uh, tutorial videos, and that's one of the things I know you're doing on the Ecamm channel. You're putting together those. But I'll probably be sharing some of those thoughts and ideas and tips in some other podcast episodes. We've kind of running out of time here. Now I wanted to ask this question that Kamo Kamo is asking because I've got some thoughts on this but I'd be interested to know what you guys think because obviously you've you've looked into this from a very technical point of view but the question is what is the best internet bandwidth for best results in Ecamm and here I think the most important thing here is of course it's your upload speed isn't it because you're broadcasting before I give my thoughts what what's what's your thoughts in terms of the the best bandwidth what should what's the minimum and what's the recommended bandwidth do you think for people who want to broadcast so the bandwidth you need is going to depend on a lot of different factors we have the option to stream in 720p 1080p or HD and the factor of bandwidth you need for each level is very different so for the lowest level we want wanting people to have at least what are we saying two megabit yeah, one or two megabit. But the, uh, another important thing is it needs to be consistent. Right. Yeah. Consi I mean, reliability is even more important than the bandwidth amount. I had a, a customer I was working with recently where they said, oh, the speed test is saying I have this insanely high upload speed. But I could tell from her diagnostics that she did, but it was coming in and out every, every minute or two. You know, it was just, it was just stopping. And this is a common problem with people who are on certain kinds of connections where network traffic is interrupting it or they're on um, certain kinds of, of hookups where you would never really notice if you, were, if you were watching a movie or surfing the web that there's actually little moments of time where it's going away. Maybe you click a link and it, it spins for a minute before the web page comes up. But if you're streaming HD, there's no, there's no wiggle room. There's, if, if your connection keeps dropping your viewers are going to get that spinner. So in a nutshell, I would say, based on your upload speed, you know, you, you pick your resolution beforehand because, you know, we can't change, you can't change the resolution during a stream. You're stuck with what you started with. So, you know, if you're, if you're somewhere between one and four megabit, go with the 720. If you're up in more like the 10 megabit range, go for the 1080. And if you have, if you're one of the lucky people that just have a crazy fiber line, and you have this triple digit upload speed, you know, do anything you want. 
you know, 4, 4K is um, requiring, it's going to require about 25 megabit per second. Mm. And it's worth mentioning that those different levels of um, stream size are also going to require a more powerful computer. If you're on a 2012 MacBook Air, even if you have a 100 megabit upload speed, you might have trouble streaming 4K out that because the computer, um, that's a lot of data to be passing through the computer at once. Um, this is true. That makes sense. Yeah, so, I, I, and this is, of course, not everyone is going to have the full HD on the Facebook, and not everyone has the ability to stream to Facebook in full HD. I think it depends on the page. I think I've still got 720 as a maximum, so I need to check that. But the other the other thing is I, I always recommend that people have at least four and, and ideally 10 megabits per second upload speed just basically because of that, the fact that our internet speeds do go up and down. So you can do a, an internet speed test at the beginning and you might have loads and loads of upload speed, but then as you progress, it may go up and down. And so I always say, you know, at least four, but but if you've got 10 or more, then you're probably going to be okay for most things. And there are there are things that kind of can also use your upload in the background, mm. like, like online backups, Dropbox, Google Cloud, like anything that's kind of integrating and trying to sync yeah. files could just kind of like come on in the middle and be like, oh, I'm going to upload this file now and just start using your upload speed. Yeah. So it, it can be a little bit of a, a challenge if like we, I guess like we tend to be a little more optimistic where like, a, like you're saying a more like reasonable, you know, suggestion might be to yeah, give yourself a couple megabit worth of buffer room there and, and 10 megabit would probably be the cutoff for really being able to reliably live stream. Yeah. But we do we do regularly test the product on slow connections because I have a slow connection at my house. Um, you do. I can't stream 1080 from my house. So um, if I try to start streaming in 1080 after a few seconds, Ecamm will start lowering the bit rate. Yeah, and there are there are plenty of places in the world. I mean, I know I've got friends in Australia. If you're listening or watching in Australia, I know that. The, the, there was a big problem with upload speeds there. So you can you can stream with lower uh, lower upload speeds, but it's just if you can get a, a faster speed, then you're going to have fewer problems. So so that's great. And I I always close down before I go live. I always I always reset my computer. I then close down Dropbox, Google Drive, all those things just to make sure that I've got as much bandwidth as possible. Tell the kids downstairs to stop watching Netflix, all that kind of stuff. We're out of time. We've, we've actually gone uh, it's a, a much longer episode, but that's cool because we've covered so many things and it's been so good to have you guys on the show. How can, um, well, I was going to, I normally ask how can people find out more about you, but I mean, probably the best place is just to go to the website, Ecom, the Ecom website. Yeah, our website and also um, the Ecamm Live Facebook community yeah. is a really active community. There's a lot of people on there asking questions, sharing knowledge. Ian's on there a lot. Katie and Midori, who work at Ecamm here, are on there a lot answering questions, helping people out. And then also, like Ian said, the website is the place for um, information about the product itself. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you if you go, I mean, if you go to this is an affiliate link. So if you go to iag.me forward slash ecom live, e c a m m l i v e, that will get you to ecom live, and you can find out all about it. And the the community, if you just search for ecom live on Facebook and go to the ecom live group, that would be great. But so it's been so good to have you uh, on the show. I'm really excited. Later on today, I'm going to be on your Facebook channel, which is going to be great on the, the meet meet with the pros. Have I got that right? Meet with the pros, I think it's called. Meet the pros. Oh, meet yeah, the pros. Almost right. 
<laughs> so anyway, that's it. That's it for today. Do go to iag.me forward slash podcast if you haven't subscribed to the podcast. It'd be great to have you there. But until next time, I hope that you can level up your impact, authority, and profits using Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. So I was at Content Marketing World a couple of weeks ago and I bumped into my awesome friends, Andrew and Pete from andrewandpete.com. And we talked about live video and really about Ecamm Live because today we've got the co-founders of Ecamm Live on the show. Here's what they had to say. So I've got something really... Hey, like, hey. hey I'm going to steal Innocent Gray's phone. It's Andrew and Pete here and we're here at Content Marketing World. I'm going to show you why this event is so awesome. So I managed to get my phone back. Thank you, Andrew and Pete. So what do you think of Content Marketing World, guys? Content Marketing World is actually pretty awesome, isn't it, partner? It's really good, pal. Like, there's so many amazing people here, and we're here to amaze the audience this year. So, do you use live video in your business? Never. What's that? Live video. Live video? What's that? Live video. Do you use it in your business? Oh yeah, Eram. E we love that that tool. E oh no, it's not. Eram. Eram. Yeah, that's yeah, one. That's a great Ecamm Live. We use it like every week. Every e week. Every week. It does our accounts. That's what it does right now. Ecamm Live. I will survive. I will survive. I will survive. With Ecamm Live. Ecamm. Ecamm Live.